Hey there, just wanted to drop in and let you know that we have rebranded our podcast. So if you hear the words The Out HR Podcast, that was our previous name, which now has been changed to The Workforce Podcast. Hello, this is The Old HR Podcast, where we share best practices in HR, how we have been doing things differently at Old HR and VGX, answering your burning HR questions and not forgetting some fun and entertainment like HR horror stories. This episode is a recorded webinar hosted by Justine, who is in the digital marketing team here at Old HR. He's here to speak to our Head of Engineering, Dolly, and QA Lead, Yatin, on how they've built a solid freelance team to support all our engineering needs at AltHR on top of our full-time engineering team already. If you have ever wondered how to set up a good team based on freelancers, because one, it's not easy to find great full-time software engineers, of course, and two, there are changing demands to your workload at your organisation. For example, if you need to very quickly build a new feature without having to go through months of recruitment, or you want to have a dedicated team looking after solving bugs, or even the ability to scale up or down the team whenever needed, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode of the All HR Podcast. Enjoy! Hello everyone, good afternoon. My name is Justin. I'm part of the digital marketing team here at VGX and I'll be your host today for today's webinar. Similar to our other webinars, today's is also part of our DG's Business Continuity Digitalization Initiative together with MDAC. A quick introduction to DGX before we begin. DGX is DG's venture builder arm. Our focus is to help Malaysian companies of all sizes solve problems by digitalizing their operations through our products, such as AltHR, Omni Hotline, and iFleet. As you know, this webinar is a pre-recorded one and will be focused towards how we at DGX build and maintain a solid freelance team. Our two speakers today who will be speaking are Abdullah Abbas, or also known as Dolly, and Yatin Bari, who are here today to share with you how they search for the right talent manage their expectations, and utilize their freelance workforce. So let's start off with a few questions for our two speakers today. Thank you, Justin. So hi, everyone. Uh, just to quickly introduce again myself, is Abdullah Abbas, so people know me as Dolly. So I'm the head of engineering for DGX, and with me, I have Yatin. Yatin is our quality assurance lead here at DGX. So as you know, we have few products out there that you guys uh, know, uh, LHR, Omni, and also iFleet. And part of the developments that we do here in DGX involving uh, freelance, and that's the webinar that we have today on how we at DGX managing our freelancer. So let me go to the next slide on letting you know what is our focus on having this remote freelance workforce. So we have a lot of things that we do day to day in terms of developments, in terms of making sure that our application is bug free. And also we do other parts of the day to day uh, to, to improve the automation 
uh, to improve the process of manual tasks and moving into an automated process. So I'll go a bit one by one here uh, from right to left. The first one is on automation. For example, uh, every day when you come to uh, the office, you must have some manual work that you need to spend your time on by, for example, clicking a website, downloading reports. Uh, and, and we improve that process by eliminating the needs of doing it manually and move it to uh, automated process. And this is where we use some of our freelancer to actually help us on getting this uh, experience better. The second one is on product development, means that we have a freelance programmer as well and that help us on building uh, features or improving the process or even just cleaning up the codes. So that is what we do in a product development part. And for quality assurance, uh, Yatin will explain more on what actually we do here. Yatin, over to you. Thanks, Dolly. Uh, thank you for this question. And honestly, I was never a fan of having a remote QA workforce. Uh, since QA is a very important task or a part of software development lifecycle, and it is very important for QAs to be part of the communication that is going for the product, the module, or the software. However, uh, eventually, uh, we, we see that this is a good bet for us. However, we, we tune up our communications. And the best part that we get from a remote QA workforce is uh, our development process can really work around the clock. So uh, our QAs are in different time zones. So post-working hours for Malaysia, they have their working hours for remote activities. So whenever we have something to test, when we push something to our test environment, they can actually test it while the developers are sleeping or when they come back to the work, they have their uh, work already tested and we have the feedback, which actually really speeding up the process of development and we have a quality product by end of the day. Thank you, Yatin. So what is important that you guys should know is about why do we actually do this? Why do we need a freelance uh, uh, workforce? The first thing is because usually in a company, your resources or number of people that you can hire might be limited. But that doesn't mean that what you need to get done uh, is limited as well. So the way we think it as having an extra people outside uh, the people that working in the office can always help us on getting more features uh, uh, to, to be developed, uh, more processes to be automated, and much more time for Yatin to do important things as he's part of the job as a QA lead to do more on automation in terms of uh, quality assurance, and then remove the part of manual testing, for example, to uh, remote developers or remote QAs. So in terms of managing this remote workforce or freelancer, it's not exactly an easy thing to do. So here I'm sharing a five strategies for managing remote employees, which can be applied to remote freelancers as well. So 
the first one that you need to understand is what you want to do. So means you need to define the team you want to build on. So for example, if you know that you have a number of X tasks need to be done or number of uh, X uh, things inside your application that need a quality assurance help, then you need to define all of this very clearly because you don't want by end of the day, you have more freelancers that doing nothing. So defining what kind of team of freelancers that you want is very important. And then we move to, to a very standard hiring, like a very normal, you see, we, we put out the job description as a freelancer, what kind of quality of people that we are looking for and people we start applying. In DGX though, uh, we partner with a company, Voltec Masters, to help us on getting us resources that we need in terms of freelancers. So this will help us to speed up the time on acquiring uh, CVs for us to review and interview, and then getting them on board as a freelance remote uh, developers or QA. The second thing is on clarifying their goals and expectations. They are not working full-time in your office or that their home. They probably have other jobs that they need to do. On this one, I would like to go over to Yatin. Yatin, if you could tell us a bit on what kind of experience or practices that you have in terms of clarifying that they are clear on their roles and, and what kind of expectations do you have to them? Yeah. Uh, for QAs, we usually have two roles. One is manual and another is automation testing. So for automation testing, it's very important to have the manual part done. So for our remote QA, we focus on the manual part, which in depth is more uh, divided into two major parts that we focus in DGX, which is functionality and API testing. So uh, when we hire our remote QAs, we make sure they are comfortable in functionality and API testing, by which our main focus is for them to uh, how they create the test cases, what is their approach for uh, scenarios, and if they, uh, they understand the acceptance criteria and how to do regression and other sort of uh, testing activities. So main focus for us is the manual test, and this is the roles that we define for them while we move into the development cycle. So that is very important for them to know our expectation as we don't, need, we don't meet them day-to-day -day basis. So it's very important to define their roles clearly and what mm. kind of expectation we have on them. Thank you so much, Yatin. Uh, the third one that you see here is about establishing procedures, about what kind of rules to follow day to day. Yatin, share a bit on your experience on how do you have them uh, in line with your vision in terms of rules, regulations, way of work that they need to follow. I think it is really very important to have a defined procedure for the development activities since we are engaging with remote people. So for DGX, we already have that in place. For instance, if we are, if we have, uh, so when we are moving to a development uh, cycle, we have our user stories and tasks defined as their statuses, which means, for example, if a user story is under development, it will fall under in progress. That means anyone who viewed that particular our uh, uh, project, they know that these user stories are still being developed. 
once they are developed, they are moved to the staging part, which is a green signal for QAs to work on. That means any uh, task that yes, they see under staging can be tested upon. And later, if the testing is done, based on what was the status and outcome of the testing, either it can be moved to reopen, which requires a bug to open, and then link that bug to that task, or you just move it to the next step. So this is how we have defined the whole procedure, which eradicates any sort of confusion while we traversing through the development process. Thank you, Yatin. So again, establishing a clear procedures for them to know how to do their task is very important. But what is much more important, important for me as a lead and Yatin, as a person who manage them, is actually about investing trust. You don't see them every day. You don't even, you might even never talk to them in person. Uh, but having to establish trust is very, very important because you have given them, given them uh, uh, some expectation. You have put out some procedures that they need to follow. But what's important is whether you can actually trust them in doing what they have been tasked for. Yatin, a bit of reflection on how do you you have gained or you have trusted uh, the freelancers that you work with so far? Yeah. Uh, so for QAs, uh, before we uh, move into actual testing of a module, uh, we have the whole process divided into two parts where we can, uh, you know, observe what is the uh, the remote QA that we are working for is trustworthy or we can help him to build that trust. So what we do is before we go into the execution, we create test cases. So these test cases are based on the user stories and the acceptance criteria. And then we, ha then we have a review session, which is our first check to ensure if the remote QA is on the right track. That means uh, if we can trust this guy to test our functionality, which later on can be pushed to production. After we have that review, we see that this is on the right track. That means the execution that it's, is to be done on that module is correct. The second check we have is a UAT, which is user acceptance testing. So once the user acceptance testing is done, we evaluate the remote QA execution process as well. So by these two checks, we ensure and we build trust with our remote QAs. And then we later on, we can trust them more to be part of the bigger project. So before we move them into a bigger project, we just confine them to a module. We ask them to build test cases and do the execution. And the outcome, if it is really good, we push them to the more bigger modules or projects. Thank you, Yatin. That is a very good insight. So in terms of experience that I can share with you guys, usually we take time between uh, two to four weeks in order to identify whether the people that we have as a freelancer is good enough, can be trusted enough to uh, do the task that we have given them. So that is one of the tips that I have to know whether it is time for you to invest trust. And in terms of trust, it can mean that it's a bigger responsibility that they can do, mm. or whether you, can, you, know, you don't need to have the worry uh, that you trust them that they will do the task that they have been assigned. The last one is about recognizing their impact. Sometimes what we miss 
out when we are working with freelancers is that we think that they paid hourly, for example, to do everything that we have asked them to do. And we don't treat them like our colleagues. What I wanted to emphasize here that the part of recognizing that they have done a good job is very important. So Yatin, for example, I've always shown this kind of example um, of sending me an email about the status of the QA that have doing a very good job. It's a very simple gesture, just sending out an email saying, hi Dolly, uh, our QA, Safina, uh, for example, have doing a very good job. And is this the state freelancer, for example? And even though it's simple, it can be it can mean a lot that we as a part of the company recognizing their good job and that can also boost their morale and letting them to think that you know, uh, even though I'm just doing freelance uh, for a DJX, but I know that people recognize what I do, the team recognize what I, I, I do, and it can mean uh, much more longer terms in, in terms of collaboration with them. So it is very important. So that is about the five strategies for managing the remote employees or freelancers. The next one that I would like to emphasize here is about how you can be effective. Uh, the first one here is about giving them the autonomy to allow them to, to decide where and how they work. We never ask them what time they need to work. What we give them is, for example, a deadline that we need this to be finished by X time or by X date and let them to manage themselves. The second one is to schedule meetings with them to overcome challenges. So Yatin, if you could just provide some example or how do you actually do this in terms of meeting up with them or schedule a time with them? Yeah. Uh, so, this is actually a very good question because when we begin with the QA uh, workforce, uh, the main challenge was the obviously the time zone because they, they are working part-time, so they have their regular jobs. And uh, during when they start their part-time work, uh, it's actually a nighttime for us. So, uh, the main thing that was getting hampered was the communication. And communication is the briefing about the module or the project that we are working for. So what we introduced was while we have our product owners uh, brief us about any new uh, module or requirement, we started recording that session, which was a very detailed session about what are the things that we are expecting to be built. So we send these sessions to our remote people where they can watch those sessions before we get into the uh, development cycle. And later on, uh, we schedule a time with them to have a Q&A session. And during that Q&A session, we try to resolve all the questions and queries that, have, that they have. So this kind of improvision in the process really helped uh, for having a greater and a good communication and remove all the loopholes that we have. Thank you, Yatin. So that is some of very good examples that we here at DJX practice. Uh, the third thing is about 
we providing them a reliable technology for tracking and completing their tasks, which I will go into more details in, in, in showing you some of the tools that we use to manage our freelancers. Uh, the second one is about completion, about getting things done. Uh, the first one is about measuring the performance uh, by thinking of the time that they need to actually uh, complete the task and how the, uh, the outcomes from uh, the work that they have done. So I'd like to go again to Yatin here. Yatin, how do you know that as a freelancer, they do not abuse the time that they are given or putting more time than they actually needed? How, how do you manage this? Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, the first thing is the trust. <laughs> So we have to put some trust in our remote QA. Uh, the second thing is uh, when we assign a task to the remote QA people, uh, we have a rough estimate on how much time usually this task take. So uh, to have that uh, in, in our project management system, we, we have a extension by which we activate that extension when they are actually working on executing that task. And then later on, they stop it when the, when the task is done. So we, we, we measure that estimated task that they did as compared to what we have estimated. If there is a huge gap in that, that they have added more, then we ask them a question, why or what was the reason that it took too much time? So if the reason is sensible, uh, like for example, uh, sometimes there is a third party dependency which, which was down while they were testing it, or there was some confusion or there was some requirement needed from the product owner or developer, which makes sense. Other than that, if it is too much, then we have to take a hard steps. Uh, so we put a warning that please do not add too much time as needed. And uh, then we take it like per case basis, what happens next. Thank you, Yatin. So this is, means that the communication is very important. And also we need to be brave to actually uh, tell them uh, our expectation Sometimes uh, it's not what we get from them. I think that is very important that we need to be truthful to them, that we think that there is something that's not right. Uh, sometimes uh, we, we try to be nice to people a lot of time, uh, but then it's, it's actually not about the amount of money that we need to pay them. It's never that. It's just that as we move as a team, we need to be always uh, effective, uh, being effective, on, on doing the tasks that we do ourselves in the office and also to make sure that what they do as a freelance does not cause a delay on, on what we are trying to achieve. The next one is related to what I said earlier is you need to always address this kind of potential issues as much as early as you can. And Latino, I'd like to go over to you again. Uh, how do you address, uh, for example, if there is some unclear uh, task that uh, being asked by the freelancer? Yeah. Uh, so the project management tool that we use is the key for this question. So every task, we do any sort of discussions or any kind of questions inside the task so that people who are associated with that task can answer and relate to it, which really removes any kind of confusion or any kind of 
uh, disconnect that we might have while we are approaching that task. So I think the key here is the project management tool and the communication on that task. Thank you so much, Yatin. Yeah. Uh, the last one on the getting the task done is about transparency. Uh, when I say transparency, it means that they are also know what are the common goals that we are trying to achieve in terms of the project delivery and not just getting them know about the task or the only task that they need to do. And, and the reason is, for example, in QA, I'm just giving an example, mm -hmm. that one section that they need to test, for example, might be interconnected with other parts of the project that the on-site people are doing. Uh, what is your comment on that, Yatin? Uh, I mean, that in that case, the role of a lead is very important. So when... Uh, we are providing or uh, assigning some tasks to the remote QA. We need to make sure the development that is happening right now, what is the impact of that development on this task? So if, for example, there are certain tasks which require regression and the remote QA would not know, so we add that into the comments, as I mentioned earlier. We add a discussion there that while testing these, please make sure we have regression on those modules because there's something that is being developed Parallelly, when it is pushed to staging, will have an impact to that. So there, you have to be upfront and proactive in understanding what are the tasks that is uh, that goes into staging for testing. Thank you, Yasmin, for your command. Uh, the last one here that I put is about relationship between uh, your team and the freelancer. One of the things that we always trying to achieve is to enable the connections between the remote or the freelancer and the on-site workers means that we do not put any barrier in terms of them contacting or clarifying or asking questions to the main developers we have. For example, in Yatin case, then uh, the remote freelancers on QA can actually ask any questions or any clarifications that they need. Yatin then as a lead just to monitor and if he sees uh, there is something not right or there is some clarification that actually taking more time than needed uh, then he will step in so that is what he said by having the lead is very important in managing uh, this uh, remote uh, freelancing and right. and the last one here is about security we have put trust on them right and and we know that they can do their work but what we need to understand that we also need to protect ourselves as a company in terms of the assets or the resources or any documents that we share to the freelancer uh, that we hire that we need to understand whether we need to actually share them some credentials or not or access to certain, uh, certain uh, development stages uh, so all of that need to be in mind in terms of making sure that not only that you protect your assets or your resources, but you're also protecting the freelancer on, on getting too much on what uh, compared to what they should know. So again, it's about being effective on what you are doing uh, with your freelancer. Uh, the last one that we would like to share is, is about the tools. 
So we currently use these three main tools day-to-day -to -day, uh, with the freelancer. The first one is uh, Basecamp, uh, which is where we put our tasks, to-do list, clarification, and comments. The second one is Slack. When we need real-time communication, some clarification or some issues need to be resolved quickly, then that is where we use Slack. And the last one is where our remote freelancer is actually utilizing or putting, uh, recording uh, their time when they are doing their project. So they can we actually assign them to a specific project that they are entitled to, and then there they will uh, put their time uh, and also explaining a bit of uh, what kind of uh, uh, the description of the task that they are doing. So this is the three main tools that we use in DJX. And so far, we find it quite effective. So Yatin will have access to see the amount of hours that uh, the QAs have been putting in. And then usually me and Yatin will have discussion or whether the time being put on is uh, efficient enough. Yatin. A last question for you. Any comments on how do you think people can utilize the tools much more effectively? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Basecamp, as mentioned by Dolly, is our project management tool and Clockify is a tool where they add their time. So uh, there is an extension for Clockify which can be integrated with Basecamp. So when the remote people are, are doing some tasks, they can switch on or turn on the clock on that particular task, which grabs the task ID and the task description. And along with that, it records the time that they are taking to do it. Once they are done with it, they can just stop it. In that case, it helps remote QA to manually add the description of the task and amount of time taken, where it is automatically uh, managed by that extension. So I think that can really help people with that. Thank you so much, Yatin. So that's all that we can share. Thank you to Yatin uh, for spending the time with us uh, today on sharing his real experience on managing the remote freelancers. Uh, we hope that the things that we shared to you can be useful, whether you are just starting to think about having a remote freelancer or you already running a remote freelancers yourself, uh, we hope that what we share can be somehow useful for making sure that you have an effective uh, remote freelancers in your company or in your business. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I'll get back to Bihar. Thank you to Dolly and Yatin for the insightful session. That will be all for today. Um, as this is a pre-recorded webinar, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at hello at altpesha.my. And if you are interested in any of our solutions mentioned in the webinar, such as Omni Hotline, Altpesha, or iFleet, you can click on the link in the description to view more about, about it. You can easily sign up or register for our latest HR digital app, altpesha.my and it's free until the end of the year for first 50 employees. If you need any help, you can always email us at hello at altpesha.my. Our next webinar will be coming up soon, and you can stay tuned to our webinars page for more info. 
and we will also be sending you an invite in the next couple of days. If there is a burning topic that you'd like us to speak about, we will be happy to organize a webinar around that topic too. Thank you very much again for staying with us until the end. We hope you enjoyed this webinar as much as we enjoyed planning for it. Till then, stay safe, stay healthy, and see you soon.